listener, I'm your host, Sally Holder. Join me each week to escape and be refreshed with stories of people who dared not to settle for the American dream. Go beyond just getting enough in life and live into a place where big dreams actually do come true. In each episode of this podcast, you'll discover why internal success is better than external success. Be prepared to redefine what your best looks like in your life and free yourself from the guilt of wanting more. I cannot wait to get started sharing these stories with you. Hey there, listeners. Are you thinking about making a change in your career? Or maybe you've thought about adding a side hustle to your life that might create additional income. You know that I'm an advocate for both. So if you're feeling the tug, that feeling in your gut to make it happen, then why wouldn't you just go for it? My belief is you wouldn't have that urge or that dream to do something else, to go bigger or bolder in your life or career if that dream wasn't meant for you to make it happen. And I love how the woman I'm interviewing in this episode, Kendall Carrier, did just that. Despite being just as busy as we all are, she said yes to changes that have added such an incredible amount of joy to her life. If you're the person who's on the fence about making a change, you are going to be really inspired by this episode. Kendall is a female entrepreneur who, over the course of her career, has created four successful companies and who, at this moment, still owns three of them, two extraordinarily successful bar studios in her hometown of New Orleans, and she is an entrepreneur with Beauty Counter on top of it. One thing that I really love about Kendall's story that you'll be able to hear more about is that she talks about this thread that flows throughout her life and her career. It's a concept that I believe in wholeheartedly. I think if you're open to it, you'll see a thread that's connecting you to all kinds of different opportunities and that all you have to do is to be open to those and to say yes, just like Kendall did. Your skills are always translatable to all kinds of new areas. See, Kendall took her talents to Aveda at the beginning of her career. She became the youngest VP in company history. And then she wanted to pivot like so many of us do and maybe like what you're thinking about doing right now. She wanted to become the entrepreneur she really knew that she would eventually be able to be. She never regretted the time she spent in the corporate world. And she saw her skills were incredibly translatable to other industries I love how she talks about just how open she always was to finding what's next for her. And even in this episode, she talks about the idea that she's not closing the door on the next opportunity either. She shares just how she discovered her next opportunity with Beauty Counter and how she grew and managed a team of more than 41 people in less than 10 months. I know you'll love hearing her viewpoint on how you should allow your passion to lead and how that gets more people involved in your business, no matter what business you have or run. I can't wait for you to hear more from Kendall. She is a dynamic female entrepreneur that is making waves in more than one industry, and I couldn't be happier for her. I can't wait for you to dig into the meat of this episode. Hey, listeners, I am so excited for you guys to hear from Kendall Carey. I hope I'm saying her last name right. Yeah, Carey. 
Carrier, thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's a hard one. It is a hard one. <laughs> but thank you for spending time with us today, Kendall. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and share with you and get to talk to you and your listeners. Well, I love being able to kick off our podcast with a, you know, a full explanation kind of of your journey through your corporate world into your entrepreneurial transitions. So why don't you just kick us off with telling us kind of where you started your career and then what happened from there? Yes. Okay. Sounds good. So I started my career, like most people, right out of college. My dad was a business major at the Wharton School of Business, and he's like, all my children are going to be business majors. And I really broke away from the norm and followed my passion into um, kinesiology and physical education, although I didn't do anything with it right away. At the time, actually, I thought my options were like being a, like a PE teacher, which I knew that was not exactly what it is, but my passion was definitely wellness. And so I funneled that into a corporate career with Aveda, um, a, a beauty company that's focused on wellness for the individual and wellness in the environment. And I moved all over the country. At one point, my territory was North America. So I was traveling and on planes. I feel like I've been to every major city in the country. And it was an amazing learning experience. I was young and I I did really well with the company. And at the at the end of my career, I, I became the youngest VP in an Aveda distributorship at 29. And um, I felt like I had done just about everything I could do within that career and was starting to lose interest, quite frankly, starting to lose passion around what I was doing and was getting antsy to start creating something for myself. Yes, but you were probably very successful, right? I was, um, but you know, you reach a point, so I'm approaching 30 at this point and you start, and at the time I just um, met my husband, my now husband, and I started to realize that I was like trading dollars for time and that if I was going to give like this relationship, like a good shot, I'm just going to have to be in one place and not, not plane hopping. It was definitely a hard decision to make like any, you know, you've got a mortgage and you've got responsibilities and you know, it's a coveted position that I worked hard for and it seemed scary to walk away from, but I didn't do it um, on a whim. You know, it was calculated, it was thought out. And when the time seemed right, I made a change. Well, I love that. And I also love the idea that you said, I graduated with this degree in kinesiology and I thought, well, I better become a PE teacher. You know, I'm always right. joking about yeah, the the things that we think of, you know, and the opportunities that we believe are available to us all fit into this very small box, and they 100%. never really involve the true, yeah, the true exploration of our passion. So I love that you you know pulled that into this career with Aveda, and you created such success. And why this podcast is called Hitting Rock Middle is that we, I find in working with women one-on-one and, and talking to a lot of women that, you know, a lot of us hit that success mark and then we aren't satisfied just like you experienced, but we're afraid to make any kind of transition at all, especially because we have friends and family and coworkers even saying you would be crazy to leave this. So you're standing at the precipice of that. You're 29 years old, extremely successful in your position. How in the world did you leave that and feel like that was the right decision for you when you had all those external markers of success? 
You know, looking back on it, it's so funny because it's incremental. You know, it feels like it's one moment, but it's a it's moments that build on moments. And I think it was one part passion, one part being highly risk tolerant, and then a third part apathetic to what I was doing. So I was feeling uninspired by what I was currently doing, and I was feeling more inspired to create something of my own. So. I dug into my passions, which were um, physical education, just like in, you know, just like in college, but teaching yoga classes, teaching group personal fitness, running, partnered with going back to nutrition school and starting a health coaching business. And so I did both of them simultaneously. And it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was the highlight of my career. I love helping people and seeing light bulbs go off in women. I love to help them stoke their internal fire and confidence. That's what lights me up. So working one-on-one, it was a great opportunity to learn what what I enjoyed and what I, I didn't necessar- necessarily enjoyed. So I filtered some, I took that experience and I filtered into my next thing, which was starting to create fitness studios, boutique fitness studios called Bar 3. And so I opened, um, I ended up opening up three studios. Um, I sold one last September and then pivoted again and started to dive into um, spreading the mission of um, healthy personal care products. So it's just, it keeps layering, I guess, one thing folds into the next. Yeah, I always say that when you're following your intuition, you'll find that there is a thread that's been taking you through, you know, from one step to the next to the next, and that it all does make sense once you reach, you know, where you're exactly meant to be. You can look back on your past experiences and realize that they were all steps you needed to take to gather the information and the knowledge that were going to land you at this final kind of career. So do you feel like you're at your final destination right now? You know, right now it feels really good, but now what I'm learning, I mean, I started um, the second phase of business at at like 41 and, you know, it's not, I wasn't looking for another career. I'm, Lord knows, like I'm sure every person listening to this, we're busy enough. I for sure had enough on my plate. So it feels like the right thing. It feels like the right landing point, but I guess never, never say never. I don't, you know, when I'm thinking of my my past, there could be something else for me too. I love that you're willing to say that because a lot of people aren't. They're, you know, afraid of what the future might hold and that, you know, that unknown can create a tremendous amount of fear, right? I always kind of joke and say like, uh, the unknown is like a Petri dish for fear, right? Because you don't know what it holds. For sure. You know, a lot of people Yeah. So, but I love that you seem to have a lot of optimism around it. Where do you think that comes from? You know, I think, I honestly think it's genetic. My dad is an entrepreneur. His dad was an entrepreneur. Their whole families were entrepreneurs. He really raised me to, he always said I was going to have my own business. Um, You know, some people like play school or play like mom. I used to, you know, play like I had an office in the house and I don't know, I guess I've always knew that I was going to have my own gig. And Quite frankly, I, I thrive in autonomy. I don't think I, I really don't enjoy I, perhaps working for other people, but I love to create companies where I'm able to um, employ other women and give them opportunity. Um, so with my 
with my studio business, I have about a, about 60 employees, all women that work for me, really tight group. A lot of them have been with me from the start, which is about um, going on about seven years. And then in um, my beauty counter business, I work with about another 41 and it's the best. I have two grown stepdaughters. I'm very passionate about opportunity for women and, um, you know, really like kind of clawing our way to the top. And so I think that's really what drives me is, um, you know, not so much working for someone else, but creating opportunity for myself and others. I love that. So a lot of women, though, that I talk to say, well, I fear, you know, having all of that responsibility. You know, I mean, you're talking about the lives of 101 other people that you're impacting on a daily basis between your two companies, between your beauty counter business and your bar three studios, because you still have two of those, correct? I do. Yep. So I do. uh, You know, know, how do you deal with all of that? Well, I don't know that I necessarily negotiate it well. I'll tell you the responsibility of it weighs on me a lot. It's something I was thinking about even before jumping on this call. And um, as I was closing my day out yesterday, I was talking to my husband about that. And, you know, I just have to circle back to, you know, showing up for people, committing to help mentor them and committing to giving them the tools but it's like that old adage, like lead a horse to water. You know, not everybody wants what you want and not everybody wants what you want for them or see the, you know, what potential you see in them. But I'm going to do my part to make sure that if they fail, it will not be because of me. It's not going to be because of something that I didn't help them with, um, show them how to do, make sure they were confident in doing. It's going to be because they wanted something different for themselves. And that's okay too. What amazing advice about being a good, solid leader of people, right? I mean, it it is so true that you can do your part, but you have to allow them to be themselves and want what it is that they want and meet them where they are. So I, Mm -hmm. I just love the way that you put that so beautifully. So you've done really well in both sectors that, you know, creating three bar threes and selling one, and then now already having 41 people that you work with on your beauty counter team, you know, what do you feel like is the, you know, secret to that success of being able to lead that many people then? Well, you know, I think it is starting with the foundation of really being passionate about it. When the reason I leaned into you know, deciding that I was going to create this beauty counter business, which I had zero intention of doing. About four years ago, I had cancer. And so it was a very, thank God, a little blip on the radar because it was found quickly and I had surgery quickly and I haven't had any repercussions since. But it made me question, um, you know, the water I'm drinking, the mattresses I'm sleeping on, the, you know, the toxins in my carpet, the personal care products I'm using. And so I started using Beauty Counter, which is a company committed to getting safer products into the hands of everyone and lobbying for those um, for safer, more health protective laws. And so I was just a client. And when I sold my studio, I did it because I wanted (laughs) more downtime. But now as I, you know, you're always learning more about yourself. I'm not going to you know, have a whole lot of downtime. I'm just not built that way. I, I thrive in being busy and being productive. So I started to lean into this company and I became impassioned that they are 
that I get to be a part of like really the lawmaking process. I recently met with a congressman in um, Louisiana in our office to try to get self safer bills passed in Congress. So I feel like I'm actually boots on the ground helping to make a difference, you know, working in a market market where we're actually looking for more regulation in the market we serve. So it's really unprecedented. You know, most companies don't want any eyes on them or any regulation at all. So I, I guess the foundation is really passion. I guess to circle back to the original question is just, um, that's what fuels me. I don't always feel like I'm doing a good job helping others, but I'm passionate, I'm committed, and I definitely do what I say. I love that. You know, I, I've just actually wrapped up this week. It's been a long time coming, but um, my book, and one of the things that I'm really talking about is that, you know, your passion is your kind of bottom layer of a pyramid, if you will. And that mm -hmm. for a really long time, I built my life and career on, you know, a Jenga tower. And so it was, you know, my foundation was very thin and narrow and any piece removed made me fall over and what felt like my whole life fall over. But now because I'm following my passion, it feels, you know, rooted and wide and deep. And it sounds like, you've found the exact same thing, which is so exciting. I, I love hearing stories of more women that have found theirs as well. I love that. Congratulations too. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know that there are a lot of listeners likely in the direct selling space because, you know, most women are very attracted to the flexibility that it provides. And I do believe that it is a great entry point into entrepreneurship as well. And you've found a lot of success with it, clearly. How long have you been with the company? And then how have you so successfully attracted these 41 people to your beauty counter community? Well, so I've been with um, Beauty Counter only 10 months. It has been a quick 10 months. And I was attracted for the same thing, autonomy, flexibility, you know, being able to, you all start with the same tools, which I don't know, there's something attracted to, attractive to me that everybody gets the same tools and you get to kind of watch and see what people do with them. But I think people are attracted to, to working, I guess, with me because I'm in this like for the long haul. I'm serious about it. I'm passionate about it. You know, it's beauty counter is not about to me, not about selling lipstick. You know, it's about trying to leave a mark just like my bar three studios that is bigger than me. And I love helping women fuel their own business. So I feel like I'm just sharing what has been successful in my studio business. I've been able to leverage that into my beauty counter business and then be able to help people do the same. You know, it's just, it's doing the do and then sharing how you did it. And that lights me up. Yeah, obviously it's working. I mean, 10 months with a team of 41 is a huge accomplishment. And, and, and that is back, you know, as well, kind of reflective of the thread. You know, you've utilized a lot of the previous experience that you've had and, you know, pulled that into create this next successful venture, which is so smart of you because they do build on one another and and those skills are so translatable into this next entrepreneurial um, endeavor with Beauty Counter. Before we get into the meat of the episode, I had to share something really exciting with you. Are you feeling frustrated with where you are or wondering, how do I get where I want to go in my career? I have created something just for you. 
It's a quiz with 10 quick questions to help you figure out your next steps. All you have to do is go to sallyholder.com. That's S-A-L-L-I-E-H-O-L-D-E-R.com and take the quiz and you will immediately get results on what your next steps should be. Share your results with me directly or tag me on Instagram. It is the perfect place to get started. All right, now back to the episode. So tell me a little bit more about, you said it's not just about selling lipstick then, you know, obviously it is about, you know, the the changing of the legislation, but, you know, give me a little bit more insight on your why into why it is that you do this versus say, you know, back to the health coaching or back to some other, you know, area that you could go into with your degrees and expertise. Yes, that's a great question. Well, I really admire the founder of the company. She started it six years ago from seeing a need out in the world. And I think, you know, you and your listeners, you can agree, like in our, in our, in my lifetime, which is not very long on this earth, you know, I see, I know people that are having harder times getting pregnant, you know, breast cancer diagnosis that are coming in younger. Um, For me, I had um, uterine cancer. So I had female cancer um, at 38 while I was at the peak of my health, owning fitness studios and having a nutrition business, doing everything quote unquote, right. So, I mean, for me, it was really personal. I have a very dear friend that was diagnosed with breast cancer about a year and a half ago. I had my own personal female cancer, you know, infertility issues. And, you know, at my studios, we really specialize, you know, in women's health. So that's going to include new moms, expectant moms, postpartum. And so I work a lot with moms and their struggles. I'm usually the first person to know that they are having challenges getting pregnant, that maybe they lost a pregnancy. Um, I feel like I'm right on the sideline. And so when I started in, like just researching this company, Beauty Counter, and um, connecting to the founder, who's Greg Renfew, she was like me. She was seeing out in the population friends getting diagnosed younger, people having fertility issues, hormone disruption issues, and wanted to do something about it. And so I really just connected to that because I see it in my own little cosm of, you know, my studios and my friendships and myself. So, you know, it's one of those things, Sally, that like, once you know something, you can't unknow it. And I knew I'd have the time. I knew I'd have the passion or I could create the time anyway, (laughs) and that I would have the passion. And so I just, you know, just leaned into it and let's, you know, let's see, let's see what we can do. And it's been, it's been about the most fun thing I've ever done. And my only regret, honestly, is I said no for like three years. And, you know, quite frankly, when I was saying no, it probably wasn't the right time anyway. So I think things happen when it, you know, when the timing is, you know, succinct and serendipitous. Absolutely. Yeah. The timing always has to be right. And you've, you've definitely capitalized on the time over the last 10 months. So one other question I really have is that what I have found in the direct selling world is that, you know, people have this great fear of being burdensome or bothering their friends or, you know, really worried about what other people are going to think of them when they go into the space. So how did you overcome that concern? And how do you continue to make it work reaching out to people on a regular basis and not get discouraged? 
Oh my gosh. I love this question because I get it all the time and it is a big fear. You know, I have like this saying, like, if you're not annoying, you won't be annoying. You know, it's like, don't, don't annoy people, you know, don't bother people. You know, there's a difference between offering an opportunity and being a nuisance. I also, when I'm reaching out to people to um, be business partners with me, I reach out to people that I sincerely know I see something in them that I know they will be good at this. This is not like asking my best friends to join my business. As a matter of fact, my very best friends in this world are not on my beauty counter team, nor are they clients. That's not the energy I want between us, us where there's any sort of, where anyone feels obligated to, to buy from me or work out at my studios or whatever. So I'm focused on helping, you know, quiet entrepreneurs who may not see it in themselves, create something for themselves because they had a need that they expressed to me. And so I'm trying to just find the little, um, like quiet stars and foster those relationships. I, I, I quite frankly, don't think family and friends are the most reliable long-term business strategy anyway, no matter what you're doing or what you're selling. Once you grow out of that circle, friends and family, that's <laughs> it. So, you know, right. So that's not even, that's not yeah. even where I put my focus and it's not where I suggest my team members put their focus on if they're in it for, you know, long-term growth, really spreading the mission and the mission of the companies to get safer products into the hands of everybody. So that's going to have to be outside of like your mom and your aunt, you know, if you want something big and it's not, it's have, wanting something big is not for everybody, you know? A lot of people do it for some extra monies, they're hobbyists, and some people make big careers out of it, and there's everything in between. And I like that this kind of this kind of structure of a company provides all of it. There is no demand. There is no goal. You don't answer to anybody but yourself. You know, and honestly, sometimes answering to that internal voice is the hard one. I see people give up on themselves um, more quickly than maybe they would if they were answering to a boss. And then some people really relish in it. So it's been an interesting discovery of like the psychology of people and what makes people tick. So that's been really fun, you know, just to try to encourage the flame in themselves that they don't necessarily see. I, I couldn't agree more. I have said that for a very long time that you know, your involvement in direct sales is like achieving a, a psychology degree. You should get a master's yes. at the conclusion of of having a very successful business in direct sales because you do learn a lot about other people and the brain and how you know people emotionally connect it's it's fascinating yes i have a friend actually who's um who i work with on my beauty counter team and she says direct sales is like aa with a paycheck where you learn all the stuff about yourself and you make a paycheck and i could not agree more i think that like hits the nail on the head <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. I, I totally agree. <laughs> well, I was thinking about where you would like to end up then with this business. You were saying that some people don't want to take it you know, far. What are your ultimate goals with it? Well, my ultimate goals is, you know, I want to take it as far as I can. You know, it's like anything I do, I kind of lean all the way in. So, you know, with like the, my Aveda business, I achieved, um, you know, the position I wanted to hold. And then when I opened my studio business, I knew I didn't want to open one. I wanted to open, you know, a little mini empire in New Orleans. And just like Beauty Counter, I want to be able to go far, far and wide. I want to, my, 
I, my most immediate goal is I, um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to work with a hundred people by December. That's my, that's my first kind of milestone goal. And, you know, ultimately I hope that I'm teaching. Well, what's so critical um, about what you just, so sorry. I was just interrupting to yeah. say what's so critical about what you just did is that you created a SMART goal, right? It's specific, it's measurable, it's attainable, it's realistic, and it's time-based. And so that yes. makes it, and if you've written it down as well, then, and now that you've publicly said it, <laughs> you're about, <laughs> I, I think the statistics are at least 80%, if not in the 90% range of more likely to achieve it than you are if it is something that you keep to yourself. So kudos to you for even having something that is well set out and, you know, well defined because it, it is so critical in, in reaching that next step. I love it. Yep. I'm all about the goals. I'm actually sitting at my desk looking at these index cards that I have for each month and what I hope to deliver on every single month. And it it's it keeps me motivated. And quite frankly, if I miss it, it's just a number on an index card. You know, it's but it definitely keeps me moving and motivated and stepping in the right direction. I love that. And what about your 60 employees with your Bar 3 studio? Where do you see that going in the future? Yes. Well, I made a decision, I guess, halfway through the business, like three years in, that I was actually going to hire people smarter than me, that I wasn't just going to say it. And I wasn't just going to say, I need to delegate. I need to delegate and then still do it all myself. So I've done it. I've, I have the smartest employees helping me run my businesses. I hired a CPA that helps me do my operations. And she, her brain works exactly the opposite of mine. Like she is you know, logical and rational and not feelings based. And, you know, she helps me make strategic decisions where I'm all like emotion and gut. And I ha- I've hired um, a several people that help me train my instructors. I mean, we bar none have the best instructors in our city. Um, we take our training super seriously. And so I've been able to hire for all the stuff that quite frankly, I'm not very good at my, I think what I'm good at is client connection, connecting with my team and, and teaching classes. And so I'm trying to give away all the stuff that just, you know, doesn't light me up and and really lights other people up. So I'm really happy with the two studios I have. We have a firm um, foothold in the fitness environment in New Orleans. And I know that um, with, with every class, we, we are helping women to be um, more confident to be stronger from the inside out, not, you know, the outside in. So I'm feeling just like we have hit our stride, I guess, in my studio business. And we're just humming. That is so exciting. And what an incredible gift that you've given to those individuals who are able to come in and help you because they are in their passion passionate space and doing the things that they were meant to do. You know, something I'm always telling clients is that when we try to take it all on and try to do everything that's outside of our zone of genius, as um, Gay Hendricks refers to it in her book, The Big Leap, you know, when we try to do those things, we're not operating at our best. And then we are robbing other people of their ability to perform in their zone of genius and do their best. And so it becomes a lose-lose. And when you can 
you know, step out and be able to give those responsibilities to someone else on your team, it becomes a win-win. And it allows you to create more revenue, which I'm hopefully you're experiencing in that, and be able to follow something else that does light you up and that does bring out your greatest passion. And I love that you've found that it allows you to operate now a whole different company in Beauty Counter that can allow you to continue to grow as an individual as well. And, and all of that comes from this process of delegation and continuing to grow as a person. So, so excited to hear that, that you do that and have done that really well and, and seen the rewards from it too. Thank you. It hasn't always been a straight line, but when I finally like really did it because things were failing, I had kind of had no choice but to, to, but to really do what I say I needed to do. So it feels amazing. Well, congratulations to you and all that you've accomplished in both the Bar 3 Studios and in your new company with Beauty Counter. It is amazing. And all the while doing all of this and overcoming cancer. I mean, you're an incredible success story and incredibly inspiring to to know our listeners and me included. So I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. So if people want to do business with you, if they want to look you up, how can they find you, Kendall? Okay. The e- well, the easiest way is my Instagram and Facebook handles. On Instagram, I'm Kendall Carrier. It's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-E. You can also find me at bar3.com. And you can find me on Beauty Counter. You just search my name, Kendall Carrier. And yeah, those are my main, my main direct ways to get in touch. Fantastic. I hope our listeners will do that and get in touch with this dynamic entrepreneur who is never afraid of following her intuition and of just continuing to be excited and curious about what the future holds. I, I just love all of those fantastic things that that you've offered our listeners an example of. So thank you for sharing your time today, Kendall. That, Sally, thank you so much. It's been so fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Hitting Rock Middle podcast. I'm your host, Sally Holder. Remember, you can always find out more about me by visiting sallyholder.com. That's S-A-L-L-I-E-H-O-L-D-E-R.com. I hope you've gotten a lot out of this episode and there's even more content on my website to support you, including a link to my weekly email filled with tons of business tips to help make your business bigger, bolder, and more successful. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play or however you're listening. And if you've enjoyed listening, please leave us a review. We'll be back next time with another empowering story of someone dreaming beyond the American dream. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.